Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and today I have on my special guest, Skylar Shagovac, as we join you from our amazing show on the lies we tell ourselves about love that we did over on the Fireside app, where you can catch Skylar and I every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Standard Time. But today, let's talk about the lies we tell ourselves about love. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. And here is Skylar. I'm super excited. To talk to her about this. I told her the title of the show today. However, I did not tell her. I didn't tell her anything else. She just knows what we're talking about, like title wise. And that is it. So just like, let's get her on stage. I think that she should be coming up. Am I getting you in there, Skylar? Invite you on stage. There she is. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day, Mother. So I just introduced the show. Welcome to Keeping It Real. I am your host, Meredith Willits, Meredith with a Y. This is my daughter, Skylar Shagovac. And today we are talking about the lies we tell ourselves about love. And I've sent that to you today. I'm like, what do you what what do you think? And you're like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. And so I I'm excited to talk about it because I've been talking about lies we tell ourselves about love all day today with clients. It's a good Valentine's Day topic for sure. Definitely. And you have your pink on, I see. You've got some pink and maybe some red on. So that's super fun. So those of you that are watching, going to be watching this simulcast in the future, you're still going to get a ton out of this, even though it's on Valentine's Day. This is still completely in line with life here. So what are the lies that we tell ourselves about love? Well, they're endless, but let's start with the ability that we have to tell ourselves a story. Of course, this goes back to the voice in your head because everything does, which is I'm never going to find the right person. There's no one out there. All the good guys are taken. All the guys I'd really want to hang out with are gay. All the women are taken, right? So, and, and these are all lies, right? Mm-hmm. However, people base their entire existence on these types of statements. You know, you can't find a good guy on Tinder. No one's looking for a real relationship. Think about... These things that we tell ourselves day in and day out, and they're all lies, but yet we believe them and then they become our reality. And then, as I've said before in other episodes, then our brain sits there and runs around looking for, you know, us to be the smartest guy in the room and be like, oh yeah, see all all the good guys are taken. You look for the presence of that. We look for the examples of what we tell ourselves. So when we tell ourselves a story our brain will look for things to verify and um, support those thoughts. Okay. So you're saying that we're seeking out, we're seeking out the taken men. We're seeking out the men who are trash because that's just what we're seeing. That's what we're creating in our reality. 
correct. Okay. Or that's what we've had one, two, three experiences of. And so we say, every time I go to the grocery store and buy potatoes, they're always rotten. I have done it three times. Therefore, all potatoes at the grocery store will always be rotten. Not always the case. But why do we do it with humans? It's the men are trash 100%. aspect. The the women and just get in their heads. Men are trash. Men are not fun. Men treat us like shit. And then they kind of give up. Right. So, you know, we call that, you know, the idea is self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So, well you said it so much that it eventually came true? Or is it just, again, back to these are the lies that I'm going to tell myself. And so I'm going to go back even further to childhood. Okay. My dad divorced my mom and left me. My mom and dad, my mom and my stepdad got a divorce. My dad doesn't pick me up for visitation. So men are not reliable men leave you, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And this, I mean, this goes back to all our conversations on we are just walking program. And so when we have these experiences with these very, you know, monumental, you know, dirt in the ground relationships, our mom, our dad, our, our families, as we grow up, you know, birth through 18, we are programmed many times to believe that, you know, men do leave us. I am not worthy of love. I am not worthy for a man to take me out or a woman to take me out or a healthy relationship or to be talked to kindly. Now, how do you recognize that you're kind of maybe struggling with this? Like, how do you recognize not all people maybe think that they are having relationship issues or that they're in this negative spot? How do you kind of pull yourself out of that? 100%. So the way I was kind of seeing this in my head today was to really be excruciatingly painful of aware of the thoughts that you think about really anything. Mm -hmm. And so you're going through your day, God, and this, this is basically where we come up with stereotypes, So basically, this is a stereotype about love, stereotype about marriage, relationships, dating, dating apps, whatever. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to the little tiny thoughts that you are telling yourself, because we, we need to be so super aware of the thoughts that we think, because the thoughts that we think create the reality that we walk into. It creates the parentheses that we focus our life on. And so when you're looking at these tiny stories that we're telling ourselves, and let me tell you this right now, I just did a TikTok on this about an hour ago because for 40 some years, clearly 41, just kidding. (laughs) um, For my whole life, I've loved Valentine's. I've loved Valentine's Day. And I always was like, I don't know why. Like, it's kind of a weird holiday to like, love decorate the whole kind of love right and so i'm like is it the pink and red like is it going out to dinner because i go out to dinner once a week with my husband so it's not really a big i don't know what it is right and so i really decided that i was going to take a minute and figure out this is all going to come back to you guys so just stick with me i really wanted to figure out why i give a shit 
about Valentine's Day. Because let me tell you what, everyone teases me about it. Like all my friends are like, it's a made up holiday. This is at its finest. Right. And I'm like, well, actually it's St. Valentine's Day, which is very equivalent to like St. Christmas, whatever day. So so everyone teases me about it. They think it's hokey. You know, people that are in love are like, it's so, you know, whatever. And so this year I decided I am going to really settle in with why am I programmed so much to like, guess what it is. When I was in elementary school, every single Valentine's Day, my dad ordered me a mom that was like, like probably six inches around. And it had googly eyes that wiggled and a pipe cleaner mouth that they somehow glued to this mom. And they would literally deliver it to my classroom from a flower shop with a vase. So it was a special moment. Holy crap. Can you imagine getting flowers from a flower shop with googly eyes in third grade? Best experience ever. Best experience ever. Best experience ever. So at 49 years old, I now realize that the reason I love Valentine's Day is because it was all about me. You were so special. I was so special on that day Mm -hmm. because my parents were divorced. And so my parents got divorced when I was six. So... And, you know, right thereafter, I had half, you know, half siblings and step siblings and, you know, visitation and all the things, you know, all the things, right? So you have all the things and you've got a stepmom and you've got, it's the whole thing. And so that one day, one day, there was no visitation with your brother or Christmas with your siblings or it was just me getting this amazing, cool flower on Valentine's Day. And the amount of pressure that that places on my husband is actually monumental because for whatever reason, it really has stuck with me as so profoundly special. And this goes back to, we're all walking around programs. Program. We're all, we're all being programmed because it's so funny. Like Emerson, my 13 year old, like she hasn't even come home today yet. Like she left at like, I don't know, 6.45 this morning for volleyball. And it's not even on her radar. It's Valentine's Day. Why are you not home? I mean. How dare she? How dare you not be running home for Valentine's Day? And I mean, if you think about it, it's really crazy. But there's so many people that put that kind of pressure on Thanksgiving or Christmas or their birthday. And so I think it's so interesting to recognize the program. So inside of that program, going back to as we're programmed as kids to use a label or a definition or an example of what female, male, 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 female, female, whatever relationship as a relationship goes. And we only have our, you know, in the beginning, really our parents, maybe our aunt and uncles, maybe a neighbor to look at as an example. And so we get our programming from these different relationships and the way that they interact and the way that they talk to each other. And we also get it from the way that we interact with the same or opposite sex 
whatever that means and however that plays out in the rest of our life. But the thing of it is, is we need to really respect and honor and pay attention to how our brain continues to lie to us. Because the fact of the matter is, is anything that you can tell yourself about love outside of that it is, is a lie. Is a lie. All of it. None of it is based in reality. You may have examples of it, but that does not mean that it is based in a truth or a reality. By the way, Jody and Clever, and I didn't know if Woody was here. He was here earlier. If anybody wants to talk or have something to say, just go ahead and hit that plus sign at the top where it says speakers. You're more than welcome to ask a question. Now, now taking this back to, so we're, we're all programmed. We're all these wired beings. So in a relationship, maybe we were, we had a situation of abuse or we had an extreme situation of hardship in a relationship. How do we rewire this? Like, how do we not spend years and years and years and years getting over such a difficult thing? You know what I mean? Right. And so I would say that probably the the romantic relationship, the, the romantic relationship or a death are probably the two most difficult things to really walk through in life, those types of losses, because the end of a relationship is the equivalent of a death, almost. And so because they're gone, right? And so you have to allow yourself time to heal. And so often, especially in America, we want it bigger, faster, stronger, quicker, cheaper. So we want to feel good one day, feel good, and then we feel bad and we want it to be over with. We want to just skip the whole healing process by way of, you know, I don't know, antidepressants or drugs or self-medicating, alcohol, whatever, moving on into another broken relationship, you know, jumping from one person to the next and never really having that time to heal. And so I would say that it is super important that we heal and compartmentalize that that was that person, see where your parts were in that broken relationship, the communication style, you know, not partaking in the relationship, whatever it is, really taking the time to leave that relationship in the past scour through it, and then move forward into a new relationship and not drag those broken pieces with you. Because when you don't put a period at the end of a relationship or at the end of a situation, what happens is is we drag all of that unhealthy behavior, those unhealthy labels or whatever it is, into our next relationship. And then we take all of that crap from that relationship and apply it to the next one. And we just keep doing this over and over. I mean, whose mother hasn't said to them or father, you need to be single for at least a year and just get over this. You, you got to be single. You need to spend time by yourself, right? And that is what they're talking about. My mom used to tell me all the time, holy crap, you jump from one relationship to the other. Take a breath. And I was just like, why? I'm completely satisfied ruining every relationship that I'm in (laughs) with every asshole in Ohio. Right? But we don't take that time to heal because we just want to feel better. We want to be in the next relationship and, you know, but the problem is, is that we just continue to repeat the patterns because we don't take that minute for ourselves and figure out 
where we are, what are we doing and where do we go from here? And how do you recognize your faults in the relationship? You know, you're saying, take the time, realize what's wrong and what your part in the failure of it was. How are you kind of going about looking at that and making that jump? Right. Well, I think, I think when we take a breath, okay, I think when we take a breath, even if it's in the day, for example, if I'm acting like a turd in the morning and Jim's off to work and I'm, you know, bitchy or whatever, I know that I was being a turd. And so unless you don't want to have your healing, you don't want to have a healthy relationship, then yes, you will put your head in the sand and ignore whatever is going on. But it is so important that you really do, if you really want to be in a healthy relationship, you're vulnerable, you're aware of your behavior, you try every single day to show up. And then if you do act like a turd, you pick up the phone and you say, I'm sorry for being a turd this morning. I'm sorry for being bitchy. I was up late last night. I watched TikToks from 3 to 5 a.m. I... You know, I'm nervous about the bills. I'm pissed off at my friend. I'm whatever about work. That is the way to a healthy relationship is to call your shit on the carpet and own your brokenness. And so if it's not in a relationship, if you can take the minute and own the shit that you did in a relationship, you know, when I got a divorce, it took me 10 years to call your father and say, holy shit, I'm sorry. Holy shit. And it was a mixture between vulnerability, health, my own health, my own mental health, my own togetherness. And so I think that that's how we heal is through ownership and clarity and time. And then we can move on. But even in a relationship, and I do it with you. Sorry, I did that. You do it with me. You know, I, you know, we call ourselves out and that is how you build any relationship and that's how you heal and that's how you grow. And believe me, when you tell me I do shitty things and I don't act the best as a parent or as a friend or as a whatever, it is horrible. I hate it. I hate listening to you tell me that I've done bad things because I want to pretend to live in my planet. But that's not real. That's not what the world's about. And so owning it and moving forward, that's how we grow in any relationship. Jody had a comment that I just want to read out for us and, you know, get your aspect and perspective on. She said, the scars of my abusive marriage that ended in 1998 still to this day sneak up up me. I've been married to a wonderful man for 21 years, yet I still hear those negative thoughts telling me I'm fat and ugly sometimes, which... Jody, you're a bad bitch. No, you're not. <laughs> so that is so profound and so true because the thing of it is, is they have done studies and we now know Jody and everyone else that's watching that trauma does not live in our mind. Okay. Trauma is like a five point memory. So every memory that we have, they roughly has about five points to it. Location, sight, smell, sound, feeling. Okay. So it's like when you smell a perfume, it reminds you of your grandmother or you, you know, you eat something. It reminds you of that one time that you were at union station, whatever it is. So the body, okay. The body is where we hold trauma. And so that goes to our 
2021 word, right? Trigger, where one of those points are pressed. Something is pushed inside of you because trauma, just like a memory, is a living, breathing organism. And so if you have anywhere in your body or a button that someone can push or a trigger, as we say, then then that means that that thing is still living inside of you, okay? And it's living inside of your body. It could be in a muscle, it could be in an organ, it could be in, you know, whatever. And because that's why we can't talk ourselves out of trauma. It's impossible to talk ourselves out of trauma. Our prefrontal cortex, where we make decisions and we have really good thoughts and ideas, we can say, this is ridiculous. I'm a size four. Why do I keep telling myself that I'm fat? Why do I keep hearing those those thoughts? Because it's living inside of you. So if you are having trauma, if you are having triggers, there are a few things that you can do to undo this. One is you can make an appointment with me or another person that does emotional release, because what that is, is we use the main meridian line to remove emotions. That's Dr. Bradley Nelson's emotional release. And so what I would tell the person is I'm dealing with these triggers. The other thing that I've just learned recently, it's called EDMR, and it's where you do a tapping. And so what we do when we do the tapping, I am a beautiful body. What you're doing is, is you're telling your right side and left side of your brain to come together on the trauma and then move forward in a rational thought logic and an emotional space. And you are able to work through it in a different way, also tapping the body at the same time. So you're using both hemispheres of the brain, bringing it back together so it's not just emotional and it's not just logical. So you've seen people that have trauma and they're like, um, yeah, I was sexually molested for six years. So like, whatever. That person is not dealing with it emotionally. Then you have people that are emotional and they like live outside of their body. So this EDMR brings it all together and in the body and then you can work through it. So if you have these triggers that are st- you're still dealing with, I would do emotional release or I would do the um, EDMR. Both are, an EDMR would be probably with like a clinical psychologist or whatnot, but it's also going to be Jody and everyone else is that it's also super important that you go back and reprogram episode 12 of Meredith with a Y podcast, where we're talking about that was a him situation who said those horrible things. That was his perspective. And he is broken. I am beautiful. I am wonderful. And I woke up worthy and all of the negative talk in my head, name of the voice in your head you're a liar and you're trying to make me small. So there, these are some different things that you can continue to do to try to like work your way out of that negative self-talk or someone else talking negatively to you. And so I want to go back to our recognizing, you know, these cycles. You were in the cyclic of every other boyfriend, every other man. You didn't take time. You didn't take a pause. You didn't take, I only ever remember one because he had a dog. But other than that, I mean, I don't remember your your, your phase of cyclic. <laughs> but well, how do you break that? Well, actually, and also that was like high school and, you know, college and I'm all just that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't just between your dad and Jim. 
So how do you break that cycle? Honestly, it's probably very, it has to come from self, you know, because even if, you know, your mother, sister, friend tells you, you're not going to believe it. You have to like listen to a podcast or a TikTok or, you know, read a book and finally decide that you're going to get real selfish and you're going to let it hurt. You're going to let it hurt. You're not going to, you know, relationship surf from one to another to another and never land. I actually talked to someone this week, this, this past week where I was talking to them on the phone and they're like, oh yeah, um, these two people died and this person died. And I, I could just tell from their voice and I'm like, you haven't landed yet. You haven't landed. You haven't landed into your breakdown, your sadness, your acceptance, right? And she was like, oh yeah, no, not not even remotely. And I, I have these conversations with clients all the time because I could like literally feel them not landing. I could literally feel them floating above the pain. And when we relationship surf, we never fully grow because we go from one destructive or positive, whatever, relationship to another, to another, to another. And for me, honestly, when I'm looking back in this moment, I think that I was incapable of processing and knowing how to process that kind of pain. I don't think I could process the pain of the breakup. So it was just easier to find the next person to have a relationship. And then we relationship instead of really kind of owning where I'm at on the planet and taking that minute. Hmm. I think all of these are very good points of like, not only being in the relationship, owning your shit, owning that, like, even if they were the worst person in the entire world, maybe we need to own it, sit in it, play with it. it, realize what's going on, realize what's happening and figure out how to work past it. And then once we're past it, now I want to know, how do you maintain that healthiness? Like, how do you not slip back into that nastiness of maybe being in a bad relationship or what, what have you? Or destructive. Yeah, right? destructive. So when, when I look at any relationship, and I tell people this all the time, because I, I coach people that are either getting a divorce or trying to figure out how not to get a divorce, we have both. And so I always tell people that your highest high and your lowest low are now possible. From here on out, (laughs) once you call your husband or wife a piece of shit, that is always the place that we can go to again, you know, and, and once you go on a vacation in a helicopter to Paris on Valentine's Day, I'm still waiting for the helicopter to show up on the roof. It's not here yet. I'll let you know if I hear it. But then that's always a possibility, right? Think of that for a minute. Sit inside of what I just said. Once you've gone to Morton's for dinner, that is always possible. And hey, I just want to let everyone know, this is with everything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember when I was like uh, in my 20s, you know, like the the big night out, we'd go to Fridays, right? You'd go to... Uh, what is a like Don's Lighthouse in Cleveland or whatever the you know the different restaurants were in Cleveland at that time. So Jim and I went out to dinner on Saturday um, to RPM Italia, which is a really nice restaurant here in Chicago. And there's this group of 
four girls to my right. And I mean, when I, like our dinner was probably $300 for just the two of us. So here's these four girls like around your age. And Jim and I are just like, talk about like leveling up. Like these four girls are going out Valentine's weekend. And so now that's a norm for them. Mm -hmm. This is in relationships. I want you to be listening to me because this comes with making money. This comes with everything in your life has to do with leveling up and leveling down, okay? So when we're talking about how do we maintain a healthy relationship, you stay within the parameters that you always want to live inside of. Mm-hmm. Because Jim has never called me ever. Like we've been together for like almost 18 years now, married 15 years in June. He has never called me a name, I don't think ever wow. in our whole relationship, no names, nothing. And I don't, I mean, I probably have called him a turd because that's like my go-to, but like the big ones. Nope. No, because I know that once I go there, it's always a place I can go again. So I treat my marriage with kid gloves and I'm super aware of being very cautious I'm cautious with my words because I don't want to blow something up. And then now that seal's been hit and I own my shit. Like I really, really try to apologize at all times. If I, you know, if I'm a turd, I try to own like, yeah, I was, I was, you know, short tempered this morning because then it's over. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to live in a space of like on the bubble of anger and all that good stuff. There was two, there it says two speakers. I don't know if we had. We did um, it. We did it. Two other... Oh, we did I it? Handled, okay, I was... handle it pretty well. Oh, okay. I see what she did. All right. I just wanted to make sure because I saw the number two. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I just look at all relationships. I mean, even like, you know, because you and I, we made a, as mother, daughter. So this could be friends, family. It doesn't have to be significant others. You and I had, which we'll talk about another day, but we had a situation when we went on our trip in India and I think it changed the direction in a positive way, not that day, but over the course of time after India, where we really took a turn in our relationship slowly for the better. But the only way we got there was by talking about it Mm -hmm. and by me going, yes. And by you saying, yes, yes, I did this. Yes. Oh, now I see that you did this. You can't sweep anything under the rug, be them emotions, angry words, frustration, and you can't sweep a relationship under the rug either. And I know you're really pretty good about this, actually, that you, you've dated people and then you are not afraid to take a lot of time after that. No, yeah, definitely not. I'm I'm the queen of taking time after relationship just because of the fact that it's, I like being alone. <laughs> I like having my own thoughts. I like thinking my own actions and and being my own person. And when you're in a relationship, sometimes your own actions and thoughts can get lost in that. So I feel like for me, taking time after the relationship to really reflect on where I had faults is a big part of that, to learn from it, grow from it. And then also when I feel that I'm not going to like jump in a relationship and lose myself, that's kind of when I feel like I can start grasping again, you know, reaching out there, seeing what's going on. But also I kind of take this time, which is a sidebar. I'm so young. I take this time as such a learning opportunity. Like I don't really stick myself to like one, two, 
whatever, you know, focus on one person or one thing, because I like to see, I like how this person treats me. I like that this person does this. I like that. And I kind of get my little, you know, groupings of what I like in a relationship. You know, and I like what you just said there where you're like, I like to have my own thoughts because I know so many people and it, it could be people that are very strong personalities. I know someone that has a very strong personality, but they lose themselves in every relationship they have. And that is another problem with relationship surfing is that you fail to, because let's say you're in a relationship for six months. You are not the same person at the end of that relationship, no matter how short it is as you were at the beginning of that relationship because of experience, because of time, because of the relationship itself has changed you. And so as we're sitting here, this is really uh, availing itself to me is that you have to take time after your relationship to figure out who the hell you just became over the past six months, two months, three years, whatever it is, because now you're totally different than you were five minutes ago. You're not the same person. So who are you now? I think that so that you don't lose yourself, right? Yeah, you really hit it on the nail with that one. And I think that you, after a relationship, not only are you figuring out who you are, but how that relationship made you feel, how that relationship makes you feel for a next relationship. Like you have to kind of guide yourself and figure out what did I like? What did I not like? What went wrong? And what can I get right on the next one? So sometimes that takes so much time. I know for me, I had a relationship in high school and it took me like four years not to get over him because he was bad. I recognized he, I didn't like him, but to get over and to recognize and really mull over what I wanted my next relationship to look like and to really figure out how do I want to be treated? What do I want a man to be like? What do I need? What are my wants, goals, aspirations in a relationship? Because I had no clue. And so how am I going to get into something when I have no clue what that looks like? Yeah, I'm just, I love the way that this has unfolded with seeing that we have changed. So we need to take the time to figure out so that we don't lose ourselves in another relationship. Because if not, you just morph into the next guy or girl that you're dating and then morph into that relationship. And especially if the other person that you're dating has a very strong personality, they have their, this is what I like. This is what I do. This is how I spend my Saturdays and Sundays. This is what, you know, I eat. And then you fall for this person and then you just morph into what they're doing, you know, and you completely lose yourself. And then you wake up 10 years later and you're like, who the hell am I? I've become this other person. And, but I do want to go back to the beginning of the, the lies that we tell ourselves and those lies of there's nobody good on Tinder. You can't, no one's looking for a relationship. All the good guys are taken. Um, yada, yada, yada. You know, all women cheat, you know, whatever the lie is. And I think that if you take the time to heal, to get real with yourself and who you are in that relationship, then that's, I think, the time where we start to undo. And guess what? You know, these lies that we tell ourselves, they can be in a relationship. You know, oh, my husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend always does, never does, you know, the always never, blah, blah, blah. And those are also lies that we tell ourselves and then our brain looks for, you know, 
to, to show us that we're right. Yes, my, I have the worst husband in the world. There's a pair of socks. There's a dirty T-shirt. There's, you know, whatever. And so our brain will focus on all of the negatives versus I have a great husband and then we'll find those, you know, examples of those around us in life. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, happy Valentine's Day to you. I mean, my favorite holiday. Now at least I know why. I'm not as much of a lunatic. About, uh, no, I'm totally still a lunatic. It's so interesting, though. If you missed the beginning, I explained why Valentine's is my favorite holiday and how it, it came to be. But yeah, fun show. I love the show. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And I appreciate everyone coming out, simulcasting and rewatching, you know, after the fact. So pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to the things that you tell yourself about love and dating and marriage, because there are so many people. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to in a week that are like, I'm never getting married again. I'm never dating anyone again. Oh, men suck. And I'm just like, all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot because all of you dated one person out of 4 billion people. There's another fish in the sea. 20, right. Move to a different state. I mean, (laughs) whatever, right? Like find your person, you know, like don't succumb to the lie because not everybody is X, Y, or Z. So, you know, put yourself out there, allow yourself to heal, stop, you know, relationship surfing, allow yourself to land and figure out what your part in a relationship is and what you need and what you need to learn about yourself and all that other good stuff. And you'll start to have a healthy relationship. I feel own your shit, own your shit, own your shit. Alrighty. Well, happy Valentine's day, Skylar. Thank you everyone for coming. It's a nice quick one, but I'm going to go have a glass of wine with my husband. Thank you for watching. Keeping it real. We'll be back here. We should be back here next Monday. If I have to move it, I will let you know because um, I'm going to be out of town perhaps on Monday. So I will keep you posted. But if not, we'll see you here next Monday at seven. If not next Wednesday at seven o'clock, one of the two. So love you. See you soon. Valentine's day. Love you. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.